Welcome to the Real Crime Podcast. Each week, we will be bringing you a tale of the dark side of real estate. Picture Investigation Discovery and HGTV having a little baby channel together. That's us. I'm Christina, a Connecticut licensed realtor. And I'm Kristen, a true crime enthusiast. For our first episode, we will be bringing you the grisly tale that inspired this podcast. A tale of one young woman who fell in love with the wrong man. A tale of how we all get a little lazy as homeowners. Most importantly, a tale that proves sometimes the most dangerous things are inside the four walls of the place we call home. Welcome to the first episode of The Real Crime Podcast, The Disappearance of Raina Marroquin. There's no place quite like home, right? This is The Real Crime Podcast. Kristen, you ready to start this one? I think I am. Yay! So for those of you just tuning in for the first time, you won't notice anything different. But for those of you who have listened to this episode or other episodes of our podcast before, you're probably going to notice a slight change. We're actively trying to go back and re-record episodes. The ones that we can't stand our voices in. And can't listen to anymore. We've cleaned up our audio tremendously since then, and we actually have some idea of what we're doing. And so this is the first of many re-records, and we hope you love it. Now, in 1999, a homeowner, Ronald Cohen, in Jericho, New York, decided to sell his home at 67 Forest Drive. After purchasing, the buyer of the home found a a large barrel or chemical drum in a basement crawl space and requested that Cohen remove it. Now, the new owner found this at the inspection. Correct. And they were like, no, this has to go before we move in. We want this out. Exactly. So Cohen calls up his realtor friend, which is absolutely horrible. Call a professional, not your realtor. Right. (laughs) Don't don't why make would, us do this. Why would that be who you're calling? I don't know. So uh, they were friends. So it's kind of like, all right, he calls him. He happens to be his realtor to help him remove the barrel. Oh, so it'd be like me calling you. Right, exactly. And I'm sure you would. So, <laughs> yep, I'd be like, uh, Christina, I don't know what to do. But there's a giant chemical drum <laughs> in my basement and I need you to help me get it out. Please help. Exactly. <laughs> So Cohen is then advised by town sanitation that they can't remove it because of its weight. It's it's over 300 pounds. That's a lot of weight. And they also couldn't identify what the contents of this barrel was from the exterior. So 
you got to open it up. You got to figure it out before we can get right. Rid of like it, if basically. it's chemicals, you have to go the specific route of exactly a where, proper disposal. Dispose. Yeah, right. So after all of this, Cohen opens the barrel and sees a mummified hand and a shoe. Right, and it was the mummified corpse of a pregnant woman. The body of Raina Maraquin was soon identified, and her story started to unfold. Reina Angelica Maroquin was an immigrant from El Salvador who'd been missing for 30 years at the time she was found in 1999. Her family, who had never given up hope of finding her, recognized that something was wrong when her regular letters just stopped. As you can imagine, getting regular letters and then they stopped all of a sudden. I think everyone would be like, What's going on? Can you find her? Seriously. She's either dead or missing. Right. And she was both. (sighs) Unfortunately. She left El Salvador in 1966 with a feeling that she was going to find her American dream somehow, some way. After a short time in a shelter where she befriended Katie Andrade. Or Andrade. Andrade. We don't know how to say that last name. It's the truth. (laughs) She got a job at a plastics factory, which made plastic flowers. It was Katie who, after all those years, was able to identify Raina. She had never moved or changed her phone number, so when authorities called a number they found in the barrel with Raina's corpse, in Raina's address book, they were able to connect all the dots through Katie. So let's just talk about how amazing it is that they were able to get that address book that was soaking wet in the barrel with her mummified corpse and pull out a phone number from there. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Forensic geniuses. Right. Not to mention the fact, how many phone numbers have you had in your lifetime? One. Like cell phone? Or like what about like childhood home? Right. So if you've ever moved, yes. So this is before cell Addresses. So if if Katie had moved, They wouldn't have never found her. Ever. It's not like it was a first and last name. Right. Exactly. Just Katie with a phone number. With a phone number. It's it's absolutely nuts to think about it that way. I mean, I think I think about how many phone numbers I've had over the course of my lifetime. And there's no way that someone could track me down if they 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 didn't have my cell phone. Yeah. You know, 30 years ago sort of thing. Granted, I only would have been eight. So I don't know what I could have gotten into when I was eight 30 years ago. But still, still, you get my point. So as you mentioned, along with her body inside this drum, they found some makeup, the stem of a plastic flower, like the ones that Raina made in the factory that she worked in. Which was another way to, to connect that. Correct. And the address book. Also in the address book was the name of the factory she worked at. Yes. And her boss. Yes. And that will definitely come into play. Yes. So an autopsy showed... The cause of death was blunt force trauma. A detailed look and technology allowed them to decipher that other name in the address book, Howard Elkin. Now, Howard Elkin was the owner of the plastics factory where Raina worked and the man that sold the home in Jericho, New York to Ronald Cohen, the the current owner, who was also the guy who found this body in a barrel. Oh, what a coincidence. Isn't it, though? According to Raina's friend Katie, Raina was having an affair with a married man and was moved out of the shelter and into an apartment in New Jersey 
after she discovered she was pregnant with his child. We now know that man to be Howard Elkin, Raina's boss. Also, according to Katie, the baby's father paid the bills on the apartment. Katie shared that Raina was fully expecting her married boyfriend to leave his wife and marry her. As all mistresses expect. They always promise that, right? Never happened. They never (laughs) leave their wives. Ever, ever, ever. Marquin, who wouldn't be deterred, called the wife of her child's father and told her about the affair. Imagine. Wow. Wow. I mean, she had to be so confident in their relationship and so confident that he He was going to leave her. Also, like, he wouldn't be that upset with her for doing that. I can't even imagine, like... I can't even imagine. It's cr- it's crazy. Very, very bold. Very bold. Incredibly so. So, unfortunately, it didn't work out for her. Right. Raina expressed her fears to Katie, stating that she thought he would kill her after what she had done. Yeah. Like I said, imagine how angry you I would be. I can't even imagine. And it's it's one of those things, like, even if it hadn't come to that, if it put her in suddenly this perilous situation where he cut her off, you know, and was no longer right. providing the apartment, where would she go? What would she, she was do? working for him, so exactly. he could have fired her. Exactly. She would have had no place to stay. She'd be back at the shelter with no job. Right. And you know what? That's not to say that what Howard was doing was okay, but at the same time, it was a very bold move on Raina's part. Very, very bold move. Katie went by Raina's apartment to check on her. And the apartment was empty, but still looked lived in, like Raina had just sort of gotten up and left one day. Which is super creepy to me. It's it's creepier than if it had been, like, totally cleared out. You right. know what I mean? Or, like, I, anything. I don't know. Like, I'm imagining, like, a plate of half-eaten food on the table Absolutely. Still. Absolutely. That's, that's how I'm picturing like it, someone too. just, like, got up and walked or- away. Like, ran to the or mailbox. Was taken or something. Exactly. And just never came back. Raina would not be seen again until she was found in that barrel in 1999. Now, back in 1999, detectives decided to track down the home's previous owner. He was living it up down in Florida. They flew down there from New York to question Howard. So Howard, at this point, denied knowing anything about her disappearance. <laughs> But he also refused to give a DNA sample. He Sketchy. Had, I, exactly. Not a good idea, buddy. Now, he had admitted to having an affair with one of his plastic factory employees. When he realized that his wife would soon be home, Elkin essentially rushed the detectives out the door. He also, can we go back to him admitting to have the affair? Yeah. He said he told the detectives that he couldn't remember the name of the woman right what she looked like mm. or anything about her that must have been some affair i right? tell you what you know like you don't remember like, anything in the dark with a paper bag over your head like what what happened there i mean like you're you're literally having an intimate relationship with this person and yet you don't can't even, even know remember the, their name right? eh? color of the hair nothing Not they're they're your employee so at the very least you should know their name for that right. reason alone <laughs> come on so he sends the the factory or excuse me he sends the 
detectives away and the detectives are like, listen, buddy, we're going to be back tomorrow with a warrant for your DNA. Okay. We're, we're coming back for this. Cause if, you know, if you recall, not only does the, the detective agency now have the police agency have the DNA of Raina, but also has the DNA of her unborn child. Right. And so they Which can was, match well, it to the like father. She was nine months pregnant. She was like ready to pop. The fetus was 17 inches. Right. This, this was so, like a, a fully grown child inside of her. Right. This was not, you know, early on in the pregnancy at all. So after the detectives left, Elkin went out, purchased a shotgun, and then... He killed himself in the garage of his neighbor's home. Rude. Which is, honestly, probably one of the crappiest things that you can do to someone. Right. You don't even want to do that in your own home. So not only is he negatively affecting the life of this woman that he murdered all these years ago. His negatively own, effect, affecting? Uh, negatively affecting. I'm trying to be as PC <laughs> as possible here. Negatively affecting her life, her family's life, his own wife's life but now he's getting his neighbor who has literally nothing to do with this his new florida neighbor exactly exactly like the snowbirds next door who you know probably also live in new york and have their place down in florida and have retired there now he's now he's gonna taint their home like it's just ugh, it's just gross zero respect seriously so he was 71 years old at the time during his autopsy, Elkin was found to be the father of Raina's child and most likely the culprit for her death. Because, you know, they have his DNA now. Exactly. Exactly. They didn't need a warrant after he died. Raina's remains were returned to her family in El Salvador, where she was properly laid to rest. Her mother, who had never given up her search for her missing daughter, died shortly after Raina's return, and she was buried with Raina. So I think the saddest part for me was when I was doing research on this, I found a quote by her mother, and she said, Now I know she's with me. She came flying like a dove back to her home. And literally just a month later, she died. And then was buried right next to her body. That breaks me apart i know i know that honestly breaks me apart oh my goodness uh and i would like to as a realtor just state if you purchase a home that has a barrel in the basement or attic or anywhere or anywhere in general in general don't live with it there for like 25 years nope Please, 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 get rid of it. Figure out what's in it. Don't just leave that thing hanging. Because honestly, Ronald Cohen, like this all would have been figured out a lot earlier. That's true. You know, if he had purchased it right after he bought it from Howard. Right. Exactly. Like if he had actually checked into it. Did I say that properly? You didn't, but I got what you meant. (laughs) (laughs) It's no, honestly, it's it's totally, totally nuts to me. I mean... Really, if there's anything in your home that you're purchasing, dispose of it. Immediately. Immediately. You don't want to live with other people's things. No, seriously. For real. I mean, when we moved in, I found a a very old but unopened jar of mustard, and I immediately disposed of that. You didn't use it on sandwiches? No, I did not use it on sandwiches. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that's a missed opportunity. (laughs) 
It probably was. I mean, I could have gone like, what, two years without buying mustard because how long does mustard <laughs> last? Like, and how often do you use it? Need extra egg salad. Who knows? Oh, my goodness. So thank you so much for tuning into the inaugural episode of the Real Grind podcast. We're happy to have you here. Please follow us on Facebook. Yes, the Real Crime Podcast. It's a page. And Instagram. At the Real Crime Podcast. And if you would like to reach out to us for anything at all, you can email us. The Real Crime Podcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget we do have a Patreon fan page. And so you can go ahead and sign up for that. It's the Real Crime Podcast on Patreon. And we have donor levels uh, from very low to a little bit uh, more giving, if you will. And we appreciate absolutely anything. We do this for the fun of it. And so it's what allows us to keep going and update our equipment and better our sound and all that fun stuff. So we would love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, uh, definitely reach out and let us know. And uh, again, this is a re-record. And so we're going to be actively working on re-recording episodes that we have previously recorded now that our audio is a little bit improved from the beginning. Right. You can actually hear me now. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely tune in. Um, Forgive the poor audio and uh, sound quality on some of those in-between episodes. And if it really troubles you, go to some of our most recent episodes where the format is a little different and the audio quality has improved. You can work your way back. Exactly. Work your way back. (laughs) I can't speak. Nothing's changed about that. (laughs) Work your way back and then we can go ahead and uh, keep updating you as we update older episodes. So thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.